Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Parable. Oh, how it is so sweet to trust in you, Jesus, to learn from you. So, Holy God, as we turn our attention to your scriptures this morning, to learn from the very teachings of Jesus Christ, we ask that the Holy Spirit be here, moving among our hearts, writing on our hearts what you would have us receive today. It's in Christ's holy name we pray these things. Amen. Our first lesson this morning comes from Exodus chapter 16, verses 9 through 12. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Our next lesson comes from the Gospel according to John chapter 6, verses 25 through 35. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that is perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is, it is on him that God the Father had set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from the heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gave you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And then our focus text over the past several weeks as we look at the Lord's Prayer. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Let us pray. May God bless our reading of the Holy Scriptures this morning. Amen. There are 613 laws in the Old Testament, 613 commandments, 613 thou shants and thou shalls, right? And those who studied the law of the time thought they had Jesus in a corner and they asked him a question, out of all 613 of the commandments, what is the greatest? What's the greatest one? And Jesus' response was two-part. First, the greatest commandment is to 
Love God. Right. And the second is like unto it, love others. Love God and love others. As we're looking at the Lord's Prayer over the past several weeks, if we take a step back and kind of look at it from a thousand foot view, so where we can see the prayer in its entirety, we see that Jesus formulates this prayer in two parts. The first being, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's the first section. And this section really focuses on God, placing God at the forefront of this prayer. In essence, loving God first. Loving God first. And so when we pray this part of the prayer first, we are positioning ourselves, orienting ourselves as Christ taught us to do, to be aligned in the loving response of what God is doing throughout all creation. To be aligned with a loving response into what God is doing throughout creation. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And once we are grounded and aligned into what God is doing, God's story, then as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we can pray the second part, which is kind of like unto it, loving others, loving others. So the first half of this prayer, Jesus teaches the disciples a prayer that aligns with the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God. And the second part is like unto it, love others, love God, love others. We've been working through the Lord's Prayer the past several weeks, and if you're just joining us today, we have several resources we want to give you to take this home and to do a study at home as well. One is a book for the adults, which is kind of creative, it's poetic with some pictures in it, it's really neat to look through. And the second one was written alongside a child for children. And so you can do this study at home together, and the hope is that we not just get a sense of what Jesus is teaching us, but that we practice this prayer daily in our own daily lives and that we might even use it as a template to structure our own prayer. Loving God and loving others. Loving God and loving others. So there are three petitions that Jesus says pray for when we're looking at loving others. They are pray for bread, pray for forgiveness, and pray for deliverance. Pray for bread, pray for forgiveness, and pray for deliverance. And today we're going to be focusing on praying for bread. Give us this day, our daily bread. When Jesus teaches, he usually presents a scripture that was known or a story that was familiar, and then says, you know this, you know what this says, you know what this means, and also, this is what that means, right? So Jesus usually teaches in two layers. Here's a story, here's a scripture, and this is what it means, so that we can relate and understand what God is teaching us in that moment. So what did Jesus mean when he said, give us this day our daily bread? Give us this day our daily bread. There are some 300 mentionings of bread throughout the Gospels, throughout the Bible. 300 mentionings of bread throughout the Scripture. And I'm pretty sure you can think about a few, if you think of, where have I heard bread within the Scripture? Can you think about a few just off the top of your head? Any takers? Moses, right. And so the story of the Exodus, right. And so where God provided manna to those who were uh, on a journey, which is a really neat uh, phrase, manna. Do you know what that means? It means what? And so the Israelites walked out of their tents and they looked on the ground and there it was. What? What are those? 
Well, it was something that they could make cakes with. It's something they could make cakes with. What about another one? Feeding of the multitude, right, where there were people that were there present among Jesus and hungry, and, and the disciples said, we got to send them away, and Jesus said, no, you feed them. And so they go gather the fish and the loaves, and Jesus breaks the bread, and there's baskets and baskets and baskets left over that Jesus fed the multitude. Perhaps maybe even Bethlehem comes to mind, which means the house of bread. The story of Ruth takes place there, and of course, Jesus' miraculous birth. When we find these references to bread in the scripture, we find them in, in layers. We find them in layers. First is this. First, there's the reality that bread is needed. The bread for life. Bread that needs to be taken in and digested so that the body can actually live. And the other way that we experience bread throughout the scriptures is a metaphoric utilization of bread. A deeper meaning. Something that we can take into our hearts. Something that we ponder upon and digest in our hearts and that our very spirits are lived, right? The bread of life. And we can go back to the story of the manna and think about those layers in that imagery of the story, right? Where the Israelites have been um, released from captivity and slavery, and they're on a journey to the promised land. They find themselves somewhere in between, somewhere with a foot in both worlds, and somewhere where they're hungry. And they said, we're starving, we're, we're hungry, we need something to eat. And God says, I, I hear you, and I'm going to provide for you. And they wake up in the morning, they walk outside, and they go, what? <laughs> manna, manna, something to make cakes with, something to eat, so that they could nourish their body, so that they could live. That's the first layer. And of course, this story's been told over throughout time, and is even told today and will be told in the future. So those who are hearing the story and remembering the story come to realize that God is present in the moments where we find ourselves in a foot in both worlds, when we find ourselves in need, that we are not alone, that God is with us, and that God will take care of us. So what did Jesus mean when he said, pray for daily bread, pray for daily bread? In his life, Jesus interacted with all sorts of people. For those who were not welcome in the city, that they had to stay outside the gates because they had some kind of disease or, or they were unclean, Jesus met with them. For those who had lower working jobs, perhaps even jobs that they would have to go through more uh, rigorous cleansing rituals to go to temple, those who were working with animals, those who were fishermen, right? Jesus met with them. Those who were living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, not knowing where their next meal would come from. Jesus also met with those who were tax collectors, a little bit more elite, and even those who were rulers of that area. Primarily, I think Jesus surrounded himself with all kinds of people from all walks of life, but really on the forefront of those who were unwelcome, those who were living day to day, not knowing where their next meal was coming from. So the first layer of praying for bread is asking for bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Maybe this hour might know this movie reference. Have you ever heard of the three ninjas? Okay, one. Okay, <laughs> okay. Three ninjas where Mr. Miyagi, not actually his name, but he plays the grandfather of three uh, brothers, right? Rocky, Cole, and Emily. Or, I'm sorry, Rocky, Cole, and Tum Tum. And if you've seen the movie, you know that Rocky loves Emily. Um, but Tum Tum was the youngest. Tum Tum was um, what we said back in the day, husky. And Tum Tum was always hungry. And so there was one scene where they bring in pizza and they say, Tum Tum, are you hungry? And he turns around and he has like a Twizzlers in his mouth. And he goes, I'm starving. 
And it was that moment I knew that this was my friend. That I could relate to Tum Tum, that, that we could hang out, we loved karate, and we loved to eat. And that phrase kind of stuck with me and my friends. You know, we'd ask each other, are you hungry? And we'd go, I'm starving. And it'd be a, a fun time, a laughter between all of us. Till about seventh grade, till about seventh grade. Hung out with the cool kids. We had lunch in our art teacher's classroom, Mrs. H, Mrs. H. And I was always run to get there first. I wanted to be there first and spend the most time in the classrooms with my friends. And so I'd be the first in the lunch line. I'd get my tacos or whatever, and i make it to our class. And lo and behold, the class was already semi-full. There were already people there eating. I'm like, how do they beat me here? My friend saw me come in that one day. I had like four pizza sticks or something. He said, Chase, are you hungry? And I turned around and I said, I'm starving. And I laughed. I thought it was funny. He kind of chuckled. And I felt a hand on my shoulder. It was Miss House. She looked at me and she said with all the seriousness and the sternness and a little bit of sadness in her eye, she said, are you starving or are you just hungry? Are you starving or are you just hungry? That stuck with me. I was like, I don't think I'm starving. So I stopped saying that phrase. Years later, after I graduated high school, I found uh, Miss House, and we caught up, and I, I said, I remember this moment when this happened. What, what was actually going on there? Were you teaching me a lesson? What was happening? And, and I found out that day that for some reasons unknown, that the students that were in her room before I made it there hadn't had enough to eat that day. So she would buy them either their only lunch or even the second lunch to give them something to eat. And she would have it ready for them in her room so that they could come and start eat and hang out with their friends and not be embarrassed. Thank God for teachers like that. I don't think that there was ever a time in my life where I was starving. But I know that there are times in people's lives around us in which they are. I want to share some numbers with you. This is from a feeding ministry. 369 households served. 369 households served. That is 1,131 people giving food to eat throughout the month. And out of the 1,131 people, 300 first-time participants. 300 first-time participants. Looking at these numbers, we might think, that's a lot of people that this ministry has fed. Where is this? Is this in Memphis or in Little Rock or in St. Louis? It's not. These are the numbers from our very own Whithouse. That in our community, we have served 369 households, 1,131 people, 300 who are first-time participants who prayed this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. The second layer of the prayer. The people that we engage in ministry with at the Witt House do not wake up in the morning and walk outside their doors and go, manna? For God does not send them manna to the doorsteps. But God sends us. God sends us. When we have more than enough and we pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. The emphasis is on us and our. The second layer of praying for daily bread is sharing bread. In the sharing of bread, we are joining those who are praying for something to eat. We are praying for those who struggle, who are hungry, who need food. 
who need something to take in and to digest and just for their bodies to live. And for those of us who have food, there's another layer of hunger that's present. It's a spiritual hunger in which our food is to do the very will of God, the very thing that we just prayed for. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So not only do we share in praying for them, we love them and we care for them. In the last teaching segment of this gospel that we find the Lord's Prayer, Jesus offers up this lesson. He says, The king will say on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. When we share in the struggle of and alongside our neighbors, we share in the kingdom come. We are sent to our neighbors, and we become a source of manna from God. We become the answer to somebody's prayer, give us this day our daily bread. God provided manna to the Israelites, Jesus provided bread and fish to the multitude. And when the question arises in this story, and they ask the king, King, when did we ever see you hungry without food? When did we give you something to eat? Jesus said the king's response was this, Truly I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of these, you did it to me. Friends, we are called to be the hands and feet of Christ in this world. And for today's scripture, that means loving others holistically, down to caring that they receive the very daily bread they need. And in providing that need for other people, both parties, those who receive, those who provide, become an answer to each other's prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. This word daily is essential to this prayer. The Greek word is epsiousion. Our essential, our substantial, our existential bread. The bread that we need that sustains not only our very lives, but our souls. And our bread, our bread, is loving others. And in loving others, our spirits are fed. At the last church I served, uh, the senior pastor Nathan and I were working on a project and a gentleman came inside. He looked like he had a couple of rough days. And it was not uncommon for people to come into the church and ask for some kind of assistance. We, we had a lot of transit people moving from one place to another. So we had a couple of different opportunities to help those who came inside. If it was pop-a-top meal cans for them to take on the road with them. If it was a bus token. We even had a partnership with a local hotel that we put them up for a night or two. And we, so we told him, these are the resources that we have. How can we help you? And he said, I, I, I feel horrible. I haven't bathed in days. Can you help me? And we had a youth center that had a couple of showers that were never used. And so we found some soap and towels and some clothes that fit him. And Nathan and I walked him over to the youth house. And he went upstairs to bathe. And Nathan and I waited downstairs. And if I remember correctly, the showers had some amazing water pressure and retained hot water forever and so it was an hour later when he came downstairs and he said I'm sorry it took so long there was just something holy about that shower I just had to sit there and let the water flow over me and now I feel like a new person with chills going up in my back I, I my only response I could have is we experienced God in so many unique ways and pastor Nathan looked at him and said 
Remember your baptism and be holy. We were serving another person with resources that we had, and yet we received that blessing that day because we experienced God at work among not just the one in need, but in the ones who were serving. In his book, The Meaning and Power of Prayer, Jesus Taught, Adam Hamilton says this, When we're literally hungry and we can't do anything to help ourselves, we pray, give us this day the bread we need. Give us this day the bread we need. And when we have plenty, we pray, give us all this day the bread that we need. We are both praying for and offering to help those in need. And we are also praying for the bread of life, for Christ who satisfies our hungry hearts. Give us this day the bread that we need. Two layers in this first petition of loving others as ourselves. The bread for life, the bread needed to take in, to digest, and for our bodies to live, and the bread of life, an experience of Jesus caring for others the way Christ cares for us all, that we take this moment into our hearts so that our spirits live. At the Last Supper, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. When we receive bread, today, this afternoon, we will do so with cupped hands because someone is offering us this bread, the body of Christ given for you. The bread in layers, something that nourishes our body and something that is an expression and experience of Christ's very presence among us, nourishing our souls to live into the life and to the kingdom of God. So this morning, my friends, pray for and receive the necessary bread. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about First United Methodist Church by going to our website at www.fumcparagold.org. May God bless you this week.